Jewish audio on Kaban.org. Rambam Mishnah Torah, Hilchas Matnas Aniyim, Laws of Gifts to the Poor. We're learning about the law of Peah. Peah is the first of the Matnas Aniyim, of the gifts to the poor. And the word Peah means a corner. There's an obligation while the grain or the trees are still standing or filled with fruit, to leave a little bit for the poor. Biblically, it doesn't say how much. By Torah law, peya is one of those things that do not have a minimum or a maximum. But rabbinically, we learned it's one-sixtieth of the crop. One-sixtieth. Now we began discussion, and we're going to continue discussion about when there are two fields that are like one field, when there are two fields adjacent to each other, when there's one field with a separation, should this be treated like one field? And each field should give its own corner to the poor. And then you come to the second field and it should give its own corner to the poor. Or can you combine and give a little bit of a larger corner of one of those two fields for both? Now really, I'm struggling to understand what's the difference. If he's giving one sixtieth anyway... Does it really matter? I guess it does matter because it matters about the obligation. If the obligation is to give from this field, you have to give from this field. If the obligation is okay with taking from one field for two fields, that's okay too. But I don't see a volume difference. But this is what we're talking about here in this section to begin with. We don't leave peya, the corner of grains or fruits in one field for its sister field. Each field has its own payer. Ketzad, for example, if the farmer has two fields, he should not harvest one entire field. Figuring he has another field for payer. He can leave in the second field Enough paya for both. Shanemar, as it says, there is actually a prohibition against consuming and harvesting the entire grain of the first field. Don't consume the corner of your field when you harvest it. Each field should have a corner left as appropriate. What if he didn't listen? And he left the payah in one field for another. It's very nice. You're a very nice guy, giving a lot of charity. But ain't a payah, it's not the mitzvah of payah. The mitzvah of payah is only for the field that you're harvesting a corner of that field. What if somebody's field was planted with one species, for example, of grain? or something else, so it was one species field. Then, and there was a brook, a stream going through the field. 
even though it doesn't flow, it's not living. Or an irrigation ditch. Whatever it is, the stream, the brook, the ditch. In any event, it makes it impossible to do one harvest in this field because there's a separation. Provided that it does flow and it is set in its place. There's then this separation and there's a lot of details. Makes it like two fields. And because of the details of this separation, Peya has to be given separately for each of the fields on the side of the brook or the ditch. And he says here in the notes that an irrigation ditch only constitutes a separation when water is flowing through it. Okay. The same law applies if there is a private walkway, which is called a road of private, an individual's road, the, the farmer's road, which is four amas wide, about six feet wide. So it's a pretty narrow road. Or a public road, which is 16 amma wide. So also it cuts it into two fields requiring separate payah. But a little walkway of an individual. Less than four amas. Or a public walkway. Less than 16 amas. If it was a set road operating in summer and winter, mopsik, because it's a set road, a set road operating in summer and winter, it creates a separation. But if it's not a set road in the winter, because it becomes muddy, it's only in the summer that it works, so it's not a real separation. It can be treated like one field, and a joint payah can be given. Dalid, what if there was an uncultivated section separating the two sides of the field? It's not planted, and it's not plowed, or a freshly plowed field, but this plowed field was never planted. So you have between the two sides of the field either an empty field an empty piece or a plowed piece, never planted. Or there is some kind of other grain or food planted there in a way that is permissible according to the laws of Klayim. For example, there was wheat on one side, wheat on the other side of Sayyidim and barley in the middle in a permissible way. Or he harvested in the middle, causing a separation between the two sides. We learned, we learned in the earlier chapter that the minimum readiness that a field can represent is if it's a third of the way mature, a third of the way ripe. If it's less than a third, it's considered unripe. So if it ripened the third, the and then he plowed the place where he harvested after it was ripened the third. 
I'm sorry. He says here, he harvested in the middle, even before it matured the third. And then he plowed, they saw this, it becomes separated into two fields. Provided that the width of each of these is three rows of plowing. What is this new measure, three rows of plowing? This is less than what we learned about before, and that is a base reva. We earlier learned about an area necessary to sow a quarter of a kav. Slightly more than 10 and one-fifth cubit by 10 and one-fifth cubit. That's the base reva. This is even less than a base reva. Ahmed, when does the supply in a small field? Which is 50 amos by 2 amos. So it's a narrow strip of field. But if it was more, then the unplanted area or the plowed area does not divide it into two. Unless it was at least a base reva, which is this measurement we just talked about. But any other plantings, mafsik ba, does create a separation. Hey, achala goivai, what if locusts consumed it? Or ants consumed it in the middle. If he plowed the place where they consumed, then this empty plowed area does create an interruption. And it can now be treated as two separate fields for the purpose of payah. Vov six hazereya bahar. If somebody plants, sows, on a mountain slope, which is not level, it has large projections, or mekemes, mekemes and then it has deep holes. Even though he can't plow it and plant it at once, has to plow the higher projection place separately. And the lower one separately, still, it's considered one field. And he can leave one section of peya for the entire mountain area. Zayin Madreges terraces, steps, which have their own domain, ten tvachim high. We learned in halacha that ten tvachim creates its own domain. Here, because it's ten tvachim, it is its own domain. He gives peya for each place, each terrace. But if the heads of the rows were mixed together, the fact that the heads of the rows are mixed together, he is permitted to give one gift of peya for the whole field. That is if it was ten hand breaths high. But if it was less, even though the heads of the rows are not mixed together, he can give once for the entire field because the terraces are less than ten tvachim, so they're not independent domains. What if there was rocky terrain on the entire field? If he has to lift up the plow from one side 
and bring it over to the other side, then this rocky terrain is called a separation, and it becomes two fields. And if not, it is not considered, it is not considered a separation. Now what if he goes to an orchard? He's planting in an orchard with trees. Even though there are squares between the trees, very often they plant trees in squares of soil. So you have square, tree, square, tree. The ain kolazerim urav, and not all the seed are together. Nason peyachas lachasada, being that, however, it's organized that there are so many trees and so many squares, it's considered one field, and he gives peya for the whole field. Shadavu yudua shesada achasi, because it's obvious, even though it's broken up into squares, that it's one field. Why is it broken up into squares? Because to give enough place around the trees for them to take root. When does this apply that it's considered one field even though it's broken up into squares? If there were at least 10 trees in a base saw, we learned earlier that a base saw is 50 cubits by 50 cubits. If there were at least 10 trees in a base saw, but if every 10 trees were in a larger area than a base saw, then he has to give payah from every square. Because the trees are very distant from each other. And the squares are so far apart that they're not merely servicing the trees. So also, squares of growth of onions between vegetables. He gives one gift to pay for all the onions. Even though the vegetables divide between the onions. Because it's obvious that this is an onion field with vegetables mixed into it. And again, we have to make sure that according to the laws of mixed seeds, that all of this is permissible. What if there was a field sown with one species? And there are areas which began to dry up or dry out. He ripped them out. And he ripped out. So now you have dry spots here and there. Until you have the moist, fresh plantings are in separate squares, distant from one another. Then you have a lot of dry squares. If people plant rows of these plantings, for example, he's using dill or mustard seed. Then he leaves paya from every square. Because the one who sees will say, This was surely planted in rows. But if there was one species, like grain and beans, he gives one paya for all. When does this apply? If it's dry on one side, dry on the other, and moist in the middle. 
Avalach mikan or mikan. But if it's moist on one side, moist on the other, miyavish b'emes and dry in the middle, maniach min ayavish b'nei atzmei, alach b'nei atzmei. Then he leaves peya from the dry separately and from the moist separately. Yud gimel soda shezra b'tzolam epeilam ayapunim akayetzim b'hem. A field which was sowed with onions, beans, or peas, or the like. had a mind to sell. Some of them moist or fresh in the marketplace. Then he leaves the rest to dry. And he's going to create a storage house of dried onions, chaya or dried beans or dried peas. Then the part that he's selling fresh has to be treated separately and peya needs to be left separately. For the part that he's going to harvest dry separately. Yudalid 14 If someone planted his field one species even though he's making out of this species two grain heaps, two storage areas, he can still leave one section of peya because it's all one species. And the fact that he's taking the one species and creating two grain heaps doesn't mean he should take two payas. But if he has two species, even though he's only making one granary, he sets aside peya separately for each species. Tesva 15, what if he planted two plantings from one species? Again, for example, he planted two types of wheat, or two types of barley, if he made one threshing floor, one grain heap, nice and payach, as he gives payah once, they grow as two grain heaps, nice and stay pay as he gives two. This is a tradition given orally by Hashem to Moshe at Mount Sinai, that if there are two types of the same species, then it depends on how many grain heaps he makes. What if there were brothers who are sharing an inheritance from their father? And then they split. So now one brother has half. And the other brother has half. They give peya twice separately. Because they're two separate fields. This is mine and this is my brother's. However... What if they came back together again and renewed their partnership? They said, you know what? We're brothers. We're inheriting this field. Let's be partners in our father's field. So now, the partnership ties it together and makes it one field. They can give one gift of payah. What if partners harvested half a field and then they divided the field? One partner took the harvested part. He has to set aside nothing. And the other one, who, who, who took the standing grain, he does have to set aside payah only on the half that he took. 
because he doesn't have to set aside Peya on his brother's hip. What if they became partners again? And they harvested the second hip in partnership. And they both have to set aside for their partner as well in the standing grain. But not on the hip that was already harvested. Yudzayin 17. Sodashigia Chetzya Shlish. The Chetzya Lahigia. We learned earlier that the amount of ripening in order to be considered a real harvest is the third ripe. What if half the field was a third ripe and the other half was not? And he began to harvest in the half that was the third ripe. And then as he was harvesting, the rest became a third ripe. And he then finished the first half, which he started first. He sets aside from the first on the middle. From the middle on the first. And for the last. But the last, which just became ripe, is a problem. If somebody sells separate portion of his field to different people, if somebody sells different portions of his field to different people, if he sold the entire field, then each owner of each section gives a separate payah. But if the owner began to harvest and he sold part and he left part, then the farmer owner gives the pay a gift for everybody. Because he began harvesting, the obligation kicks in for everybody. But if he sold it first before he started harvesting, then the buyer has to set aside and the owner for what he has. You test the Elon, a field of trees, a mapsigbo Only a high fence a high fence divides an orchard with regard to the laws of Peah. But if it was a low fence, If, however, the fence separates on a lower level, but the branches and the trellises are intermingled above and touch the top of the fence, only at the bottom is it separated the orchard is considered one entity, and only one portion of peya should begin because there's no separation up on top. Twenty shnayim Two people bought one tree. They give one gift to peya. If one brought bought the north of the tree and the other bought the south of the tree. A tree could be big enough where the north of the tree could produce a massive crop and the south of the tree could produce a passive crop. So they each give their own payer. 21 
carob trees, as long as a person can stand on this side of one carob tree, and the other stands on the other side of the carob tree, of the other carob tree. And they could see each other, it's considered one field. And there could be one gift of peah. But if the guys on the two ends only see the guys in the middle, they not saw them reims as but the guys in the middle can't see each other. Then you can give peah from one of the first ones for the middle. From the middle for the first. But he cannot separate from those on one extreme for the other extreme simply because they cannot see each other. And here he explains that the Ravid explains that carob trees and olive trees mentioned in the next halacha are governed by different laws than other trees because they're tall and branches of the trees are likely to become intermingled with another. And they're very common in Eretz Yisrael. Chabes hazesim, olive trees, however many olive trees there are in one end of the city, like all of the olive trees that there is in the west of the city, or in the east of the city, they may be considered one field, and one peya can be left for all of them. If somebody harvests a portion of his vineyard here and there in order to lighten the weight of the clusters on the vineyard, so that the existing remaining clusters will have more space to grow. So it's like a surgical procedure where he removes some to let the rest grow in healthy. This is called medal which means causing poverty to come to some in order to bring wealth to others. We already explained that if somebody trims from one side, it's not considered a medal. Medal means a little here and a little there. Therefore, from whatever's left, you give pay for the whole field. Even though he took from one side for the marketplace. But if he took a little here and a little there, only with the intent to sell it. That is exempt from peah. What if he took a little here and a little there and took it into his house? Then he has to give peah because he did it to take it into his house. End of chapter 3.